The first time that I saw you, you were waiting for the train. Your body, like a shadow, slipped away in a bright display of color, and the tunnel swept me under. And the last thing I remember was your face. Hello, and welcome to Tell You What the Podcast, where we talk with young songwriters about songs, the creative process, and the power of music. My name is Mike. We're lucky to have as our guest for this episode, Anna Tivill, an incredibly talented songwriter from Portland, Oregon. Anna put out her fourth full-length album, The Question, on Portland's Fluff and Gravy Records earlier this year. It's a remarkable collection of songs. Uh, NPR Music called it one of the most ambitious folk records of 2019. During this past year, Anna also won the Singer-Songwriter Award from the No Depression Organization. To say that Anna's lyrics are poetic would be a major understatement. Her use of imagery in the service of her songs, the level of detail, the the telling nature of each picture that she paints with her words, song after song, verse after verse, all the way through, it's simply amazing. Anna provides lyrics to all of her songs on her website. I encourage you to peruse them. You can pretty much Pick a song at random, and you'll be rewarded. I will say that if you ever have ever tried to write a song, reading her lyrics and listening to her work can perhaps be intimidating, such as the level and consistency of her craft. But we can choose to let it be inspiring as well. Anna and I didn't get a chance to talk much about the musical arrangements on her album. There was so much else to talk about. But let me say that while they may seem subtle on first listen, there's an awful lot going on here. Wonderful string arrangements, unexpected percussion sounds, really lovely and at times beautifully surprising music that creates the right scapes for Anna's wonderful words. It's all very well put together. I've really enjoyed listening to this record. So let's get to it. Here is our chat with Anna Tivill. And the city lights, they shine like silver. And the city lights, they shine. Okay, Anna, welcome to Tell You What podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, you are, I'm, I'm in the uh, Tell You What uh, Epiplex here in Evanston, Illinois. You are in Portland, do I have that correct? Yeah, upstairs in a little garage house. And that is home for you, Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I grew up in northern Washington, maybe like an hour from the Canadian border, up in a little town called La Conner. And uh, you grew up in a home where there was music, there was a love of music in your house, is that right? Yeah, my my folks play a little bit. My my mom loves like the the folk folk scene that she kind of came up in. She grew up in Philly, you know, heard Joan Baez play and, and just loved what she was saying and she got a guitar and, and learned some songs and and my dad made himself one of those kit banjos uh, sometime as a teenager and, and learned I think he really loved like kind of more bluegrass stuff and yeah there, there was always kind of music happening and they but they were not performers in any way no not not performers um, just sort of like a sit around and play play tunes sometimes and and they would we, we like would go hear a lot of music and, um listen to the radio all the time and so when did you start playing or singing um i played when i was a kid i i started playing violin and uh my grandpa lived with my family for a while and and he played and i just i don't know i just totally fell head over heels for the sound of it Mm-hmm. And I wanted to play and wanted to play, and they were like, "Ah, you're too little, or we don't want to do it yet." And and then uh, finally, they they said, "You know what? Yeah, you can you can do that." And there was, and so I played uh, since I was a kid. Kind of did like the Suzuki method thing that 
that's like half ear learning and half half kind of reading music, which I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad to have done that now. And, and did the woman that taught everybody in our town would do fiddle in the summers, which is, I, I feel like, kind of where I come from musically, where it's just this looser, I probably couldn't read music if you put it in front of me now, but... <laughs> But I love like to learn a tune by ear or to try to fit um, a sound behind what somebody else is playing is really what gets me. But yeah, I did that since I was a kid, and then I I didn't write songs or sing in front of anybody for a long, long time until I was maybe in my mid twenties. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, after college, I started doing to, that. But at some point, you picked up the guitar too. Yeah, kind of at the same time. I just had a roommate who had a had a guitar and lent it to me for a little bit, so I sort of learned a few chords and and I always kind of wrote little poem bits and. Right. So you went to college with no intention of studying music or being a performer. Yeah, I didn't. I I played in the orchestra with the violin for 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 like one moment, and I've just never been good at that situation where it's you you know they just put a sheet of music in front of you and then everyone's supposed to sound the same and you can't you can't like replace one note with a different note that you right you're like oh, I kind of like this note better or you just mess up and uh, it doesn't really work like that in an orchestra setting so <laughs> so what did you study I studied oh, I went there for nursing and then okay. That lasted about one semester, and and then I ended up getting a Spanish degree with a po- political science minor. I'm so glad I got to go, and I also just had no idea who I was or what I was doing, or you know what what my heart was pulled toward. Yeah, I think the things that my heart was pulled toward didn't feel like things that that you could really do as a job, like music and writing. And if someone had told me when I was 10 or whatever, oh, yeah, you could you could be a folk singer for a living someday, that would have blown my mind. Right. <laughs> Were you doing any writing or pursuing a, a, any creative outlets during this time? Yeah, I took, I remember there was a whole semester of school where I took a linguistics class, and I took a creative writing class, um, and a poetry class, I feel like, and that, it was the best, I think it was the only time in school where I was, I just wake up so stoked, right. and I loved working on, like, the process of writing something, and then editing it, or reading it to people, and figuring out the holes in it, and... I think that's the first time that I that I had like brought writing to anyone, not just like scribbling little poems. You, you know. do write uh, poetry now, right? It's that's part of your process. Yeah, I do. Poetry is such a the poets that I read and love. I feel like they're doing something so much more intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I I feel like it's just writing songs without a melody to me, or I just like the way words fit together, and I just get into the phrasing of it and stuff, and then because it doesn't have a melody, I'm just like, ah, it's a poem. <laughs> and then, But th- it, this is an interesting question. I mean, a lot of people think about these things differently, that there is a difference between a poem and a song lyric, but you're telling me you think of it as one process maybe that ends up in two different places. Yeah, I do. And I I was having this thought the other day, actually, because I send out a monthly email and I just send a poem every month. Um, Okay. Just, I don't know, it makes me feel better about bothering people with, with like, come to the shows, you know, like at least offering something creative. Uh, but I was thinking the other day, because a lot of times I end up using like a new song idea as the poem, and sometimes songs lend themselves really well to 
to that form to being like written down and read out loud without music and sometimes they just sound so dumb right. <laughs> you know <laughs> like just the way that a melody helps something move versus the way something moves just being read but I think that when I write a song down and it doesn't feel good to read I immediately think it's an awful song but that's not oh there's plenty of of beautiful beautiful songs that aren't they don't read well on paper as a as a poem but for your work you think you find that that you would eliminate something that didn't read well as a song yeah i just i think i'm faster to to write it off but i i don't know i sometimes i just get so excited about the the storyline or the the word part and i've been trying to to also put an emphasis on on melody and and what melody can do for a story, but sometimes I just get stoked about the words and I add add three chords. <laughs> Whatever you're doing with the words is working. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thank you. <laughs> it's marvelous stuff that you're coming up with. Going back to your early years for a minute, the, your mid twenties, you started writing and playing the guitar that's pretty late for someone who is as accomplished as you are now what kind of a I don't know awakening did you have at that time to make you realize that this is a thing I can do and as it turns out I might be good at it Hmm. I just had never I'd never done something that that felt like that that felt like communicating with other people um, in a way that made them feel, in a way that made me feel so deeply of, of like trying to get out like hard things that the people around you are going through or that you're going through and, and writing it in a format where you can like make it kind of beautiful or just make it different from just saying saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. And I think it was maybe the first time I felt like I could convey what I was feeling and also it didn't have to be all the way about me. It could be like a feeling that I have that I also see in in other people or that I recognize and then it becomes this like more weighted, powerful thing and I just never felt very powerful in communication Hmm. at all. And then just the way music makes things feel it's so much easier to give that to somebody and than just going up to a stranger and being like hey this i noticed that you look sad i feel sad sometimes too and here's <laughs> why you know that's it's, it's such a different thing to cuz people can take what they want from a song they can just listen to the sound of your voice or they can listen to only the melody or they can sink into the words and then I don't know I just hadn't experienced that ever and it felt so different from everything else in in my life right. I think well you must be very grateful that you found this yeah I am I, I think so much about how music and touring around and kind of I don't think that I'm a person that would climb out outside of my little comfort box very easily if left to my own devices you know (laughs) like maybe kind of a like a loner reader uh who would rather keep to myself but tour is just like nope you don't get to do that you're gonna you know sleep at a stranger's house every night and Hmm. you're gonna you know have deep conversations because of what you're like you're singing your feelings and then people are going to come tell you their feelings and it's going to be like beautiful and uncomfortable and I just feel like you live outside of your box so much doing this that I feel really grateful for it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You say you were first attracted to it maybe as a way of communicating and connecting with people, but the secondary thing you're talking about is how it has drawn you into the world. Yeah, I think it's like a two sides of a coin. Of yeah. you, you know, you want to you like spend so much time wanting to connect to people but you don't know how or you feel like you're not 
what you say doesn't have weight or worth, uh, and then you find this thing that that feels like maybe you maybe you are just like a human that can <laughs> that can talk to other humans and be heard and also have people feel heard by you and it's very I think it's yeah it's like addicting in in really <laughs> in like really good and and sometimes not so good ways where you you can put too much worth on on that part of how you relate to the world and then right. you know have to like make sure that the other parts of your life are also whole and you don't need that thing to feel like you hmm. you're be able to speak okay let's let's talk about your uh, in some specifics about your writing if we can one of the uh, probably the most striking thing about your writing is your use of um, detailed imagery it's hmm. it's simply amazing oh, I'd say listening to your music is kind of like taking a master class in lyric writing oh. one song after another verse after another is just stunning turns of phrases that conjure up these images so what does this say about the way that you go through your daily life do you consider yourself a curious person always observing things noting the little things watching people or do you or is it more of a conscious act on your part to be observational because oh that might be something I could use hmm I think I've just been more of a watcher. I just like people and the way that they function and trying to like wonder about what their lives are like or why they do what they do or what, I don't know, what makes people tick and also just like how they relate to other people and how I relate to other people. I just love that world, I think you become more aware of really liking to observe people in a deeper way or, or like try to connect your experience to other people's experiences and I don't, I don't know I think it's like I was thinking about this the other day actually because I'm maybe like the worst trivia partner of all time <laughs> and I think with the way my I don't seem to be able to keep, like, oh, the the date the Cold War began, or, you know, the, like, factoid things in my head, but I, but man, I feel like I can walk into a room and feel if two people aren't, aren't, like, enjoying each other's company, or they're, you know, or maybe two people are on a date, or that I just seem to like tune into that stuff a lot more than than like concrete um this is how I should feel if my car is making a crazy rattle <laughs> like that kind of information seems to just slide right off of me um, well maybe there's a bar game out there where you have to guess what other people <laughs> yeah. are feeling or thinking <laughs> uh please let that be true <laughs> <laughs> so are there any methods you use to to become more observant or to, you know, do you take a lot of notes or things like that? I wish I did more. I think I just try to write stories a lot, maybe just in my head even, of, uh, or just like collecting characters in your mind. Mm -hmm. I do like a volunteer driving thing um, in Portland whenever I'm home on tour and it just sort of you just kind of sign up whenever you can and to just folks that aren't able to drive themselves for whatever reason. And and I love it because people, I feel like people tell strangers so many different things than, than friends or family sometimes where they, they like know that you're picking them up and you're dropping them off 12 minutes later at kidney dialysis or whatever. And right. they're just like, hey, this is what I'm going through. And it, I love that interaction so much of just being a sounding board for somebody and you don't know each other. And I just like to collect the different things that people are, are going through that, that way. It feels good to me to be just there and somebody lays all of it on you and then they just leave. And 
you're like, man, that's, yeah, that's like one person's story, and then you go pick up the next person, and they're like, I'm visiting my husband who lives in the nursing home, and I live by myself still, but he needs more care than I can give him, and so I get to visit him twice a week now, but we've been married for 60 years, and and that's like another person's experience, right. and I don't know, that stuff just gets stored some somewhere, and you and all the things that are underneath that, that are really shared emotions like loneliness and and joy and humor and the the things that that kind of people seem to share. So like yeah, that. so so you you your songs a lot of times paint these uh, character portraits or you use people's stories and it's a very literary um, process. So have you? Done or considered like fiction writing or short stories or perhaps even something along the lines of like a Hades Town, like a, a stage production or oh. something like that. Given your character-driven um, writing, I would love to do that someday. I really short stories are like a form that I really, really love and have found a lot of inspiration from. And I feel like it's a totally different, or maybe songs are so short that they allow you to paint less of a picture and people add more of their own feeling to shape right. it. And maybe short stories might require more of a complete picture to help help the thing have its legs. Leaving less to the reader's imagination. Yeah, maybe, or just because there's no, like, music to create a mood, so you can also, okay. like, share the, you know, share the mood of the image that you're trying to tell with music, but but you kind of have to do that with words. Mm-hmm. I just saw Hades Town the other day, and it was so, I've heard those songs a long, long time ago when she was just doing it on the stage, right? With, and just to see it at that level was so cool just really really inspiring yeah I think it's been inspiring to a lot of uh, songwriters out there yeah let's go back to the the use of imagery for a second so when you sit down to write how does this use of imagery come into your process so for example are you saying I, I have this idea or this concept and I need to like put the furniture in the room here I need to add the details and is that an, a conscious process or is it just embedded in the way that it comes out of you is this just the way you write with all this specific imagery and detail it might be more embedded I don't think so much about I have this story what images can can bring it to life I think it happens more like I have these images and then, like three verses into the song, I'm like, oh, there's this. Maybe this this story is trying to climb out of this batch of images. Like I write a lot of songs that don't that don't ever get played, or they're like half done, and I just they're missing their guts for some reason. But I feel like the songs that frustrate me the most are I write just like verse after verse of images that feel a certain way to me but I never am able to draw out a story so that other people can access those images too and then it's just like five images but (laughs) but there's no heart to it but I love the way the words fit together but it'll just die really fast if I you know I haven't like made it available to other people kind of it 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 feels like to me or something yeah i i I think we might be getting to why your your writing works so well because if the if you're starting with the images and letting them tell the story to you right then that's going to work for the listener instead of having an idea and trying to find things to fit in there to tell your story yeah that's i mean like i come back to john prine a lot because Mm -hmm. of how how he writes and how he tells a story but he's also so simple and his songs never feel like he's trying to 
pull you in any direction. He's just sort of like setting the table and you see the people so clearly and you because he adds such good images but it's it's not flowery. Like sometimes I kind of flowery but I don't feel like his stuff is ever it's just so straightforward and down home but the story is so vivid. It's like I just think that's such a generous way to write that it's so open-ended but it's so clear I don't know I guess that I aspire always to try to let things be open in that way and sometimes I can do it and sometimes I'm I just get excited about words and I end up writing just like a pile of flowery shit (laughs) (laughs) you know well I think you hit your mark fairly often (laughs) let's let's talk about uh, a song or two if we can uh, off the latest record let's start with the title track the question right yeah it's a song about gender identity and related issues i believe i think i read that the starting point for this song was something you observed walking down the street maybe in new york yeah i saw in a window up high just saw somebody who maybe looked like a man putting on a wig and makeup and just like a brief image and, and kind of carried that around and I wrote started writing it kind of as a poem in my head and that was definitely one that like I started writing the poem and didn't realize that it was related to like what was the heart of the poem for a while mm-hmm. and then when that image crept in and it connected it felt like oh that's like that's the struggle in that in that image. So you're saying you started writing the poem not even maybe realizing what it was inspired by the, having seen this picture? Yeah, and then it kind of became that and remembering that image. And Okay. Yeah, and I even, that song, I always think about this, my, because there's like one line in that song that kind of lets you know that what it's about. Um, it's uh, the... Uh, forgetting what it is right now. The man who the neighbors don't. Yeah, the neighbors didn't. never mention uh, the woman they see leaving is the man who works the morning shift selling gasoline. And but I remember I have I have this thing about being like I want to be vague enough that that people can feel what they feel. But sometimes it I am so vague that nobody knows what the heck. Right. You're talking about, and it's the battle between those things. But I first, it was the the woman they see leaving, and the man who works the morning shift selling gasoline. And I was like leaving it in my head so that people could understand that that was the same person, or they could not. Ah. Uh. Yeah. And then I remember my boyfriend was like, "You should say is," and he's a songwriter as well, and. And I always like bring things to him and really respect his opinion. And I struggled with it for a while. And then, and now it's like my favorite part of the song because I feel like every once in a while you do want to just say the thing. Yes. And the Bible in a locked door The past you gave it up for The hymnal and the comfort In exchange for living free writer you you know these stories you already know in your head what you mean so here's an example of it it was helpful for you to have someone else input to you invite collaboration or editing from other people very often um not as much as i would like i i always think that that would be a freeing thing and also a way to be less precious about 
or tunnel-y about what you're writing, you know, but I, I like bring stuff to Jeffrey, my boyfriend is Jeffrey Martin, he's like one of my favorite songwriters, and so I just like really respect his, his ears on things, I, f I feel like he knows me well too, so it, he'll tell me things like, oh, you can't say, <laughs> like, you can't say the nozzle on the bracket because that's not, that's not, like, how somebody would really build the thing, or he, <laughs> he has, like, that kind of, like, the holes in my songs that are just... The logic. Yeah, exactly, the, lo yeah. the logic, or just, like, being able to bring something to fresh ears... Can we get uh, nerdy here for a second, songwriter-wise? Yes. I would like to maybe talk about point of view in, in songwriting. Mm, yeah. So some of your songs are written first person, so as yourself or as someone we presume is the, the writer, their point of view, right? So like songs about relationships, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Some are in the second person where you are addressing the main character, right? Like in the question, the yeah. song we just talked about, right? Then you have some in the first person, but where you are taking on the persona of someone else. So like the songs on this album, Anthony or Fence Line. Yeah. So how conscious are you with this decision making? Do you consider it a device where you take these different points of view or does it just kind of, the point of view kind of fall out with the song as it is written? It falls out more often than not. Um, but I try to be aware of it too I think it generally in my in my like songwriter brain I think it I tend to be drawn to the I voice in a lot of mm -hmm. cases because it feels so personal and it it feels like you can add so much more emotion and if if it's in the voice of the person whose story it is than when you're like an outside observer and you're saying, like giving the person a name or saying, I saw you doing this. Um, I think I'm drawn to that voice a lot because it it feels really up close. Um, but also I sometimes struggle with it because then you're telling a lot of stories as though they're your own, which yes. is like, you know, a total, I think people understand that, you know, you're not a, whatever, you're not a man delivering packages or, right. he, uh, but, but sometimes it can feel like you shouldn't, or it's like overstepping a line or something to, to take on a story that's really far from, from your experience. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it works really well. And sometimes there's like, it's like not yours to hold that closely or something. Well, I, I, I think that maybe it's not something you're not supposed to do, but maybe something that is difficult to do as a songwriter. I find this a really hard to pull off well in a song. I, and I, I've thought about this, and it, maybe it's because songs are so short, you, get, you don't get that many words to kind of give life to the character if, that you're taking on. Yeah. Right? So I, I kind of think of people like when you say John Prine or, or Springsteen, Randy Newman, these people are masters of this, right? Taking on characters. But you, you seem to have the chops for it too. You've done it a, a couple of times pretty well. Um, so uh, let's talk about uh, Fence Line, mm -hmm. right? Here's an example, right? This character is, a, is an immigrant at the border, right? That you're writing from his their perspective. Yeah. I think, and it's, I'm like realizing this as you're saying that, that maybe it has a lot to do with compassion or like curiosity. I feel like the times when it hasn't worked, when I've tried to step into a story and use an I voice, it's when I'm, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say, but kind of like when you're really feeling for somebody or you're really curious about about their struggle is when it seems to work 
better than mm-hmm. if it's just I feel like sometimes there's just stories that feel cool to tell or something you know about yes. oh I'm driving along and uh, I'm going to stay at this old motel because my woman left me and I'm going to drink all the whiskey there is to drink and like there's great songs of that but then that's also just like a cool songwriter so- song to story to take on and I think that's when for me anyway it doesn't work as well if I'm taking on a story that that I don't really have a lot of compassion for or I'm not sure if compassion is the right word but I'm not really like trying to feel that struggle of of a person who is going through that for real Um, I don't know if that makes sense so when the the Immigrant, the fence line story is one that moved you. Yeah, I just, I heard this, an interview with a border guard before I wrote that song, and he, it was a really, really beautiful interview where he was talking about how complex his job is, and he was in charge of this, like, rickety stretch of fence, and he would go every day and walk this, like, two-mile stretch, and he would find wire cutters and holes every single day, and he'd he was telling, he was just telling a bunch of different stories in the interview about, like, reasons. He's, you know, he, like, talks to people. His job is real, and he finds people that are trying to get through, and the reasons why they're trying to come here, and they're trying to get across the border and make a different life, um, for whatever reason. It just really, I don't know, it really moved me to hear it on such a individual s- story level, and I kind of wanted to, you know, it inspired me to write something that was just like one story, not, yep. you know. And all of my dreaming, a house by a river, a small bit of land for my beautiful wife, something to show for a lifetime of labor and country my hammer in heart and the dust in my eyes I traded the night for the last of my money and holes in the old fence line and discuss the song Velvet Curtain. This is one of my uh, favorites on the record. Oh. I think it's just a beautiful sounding song, but I think I'm drawn to it because it, to me it celebrates the power of music. Um, the narrator in the song sings to an empty theater because she must, right? And as it turns out, someone was listening who needed to hear the music. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that song in the in the south I started it backstage at I was opening up a bunch of shows for somebody and I was just like walking around before the show and I looked in this old theater and there was a janitor in there sweeping up and singing really loud okay. <laughs> kind of like pop pop music but he had such a good voice and I just was thinking about it all day I think I was feeling kind of tired on tour and, and thinking about like when music is just joyful or it's just like comforting and nothing else it's not it's not to sell and it and how moving that is and I don't know and then I guess I just sort of started writing that image of seeing that guy and it turned into a story about kind of like hoping that somebody was sitting in the back kind of hiding out in the theater and and 
you know, who maybe couldn't afford to go hear a concert or something, but just, like, happened upon this person and got to, got to have this very, like, joyful noise for a little bit. Some bright world, and I sang to the mezzanine, the gold-plated ceiling, the orchestra spinning, the bright chandelier. I sang so the angels would feel what I'm feeling. And empty so deep, I'm afraid I'm not here. The last note it lingered, the dust settled round me. A silence so heavy it cut to the bone And deep in the shadows the rustle of clapping I rushed to the back row still holding the broom And a man who had crept in all haggard and dirty A bag of belongings and tears in his eyes I'll never forget this he said as he left I needed to hear someone singing tonight. Um, let's talk about one more song. Anthony, characters in this song, I think, are involved or have been involved in a, in a house fire. And, and maybe the, the song, maybe to me, is like a reflection on place and things and maybe attachment, right? Yeah. Um, there's a great lyric in here. I thought I knew what forever meant. Can you talk about this one a little bit? Yeah, you're such a good song listener. <laughs> like a lot of times people come up and they're like, oh yeah, that that house fire song about like the dog going to the store to get milk or they just like hear hear things that like, oh wow, all right, that, that didn't exist, but that's okay. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote that song. I, I lived in this old house in Portland and had some really awesome next door neighbors who were artists and they they just like made their house into this kind of like art art piece and they spent so much time on every bit of it and the colors and the sculptures and and uh, and then the the woman was out of town and the and the guy fell asleep with a cigarette and the house burned mm. and he passed away in the fire and oh, wow. it was just a very I don't know, just sitting out on the curb in the middle of the night and watching their house just burn and then going in a little bit later and seeing seeing all the work they'd put into it and just everything they'd built together kind of taken down. And then she, she built it back. Um, just, I'm not sure if she still lives there, but that she spent a long time kind of building it back the way it was. And, hmm. um, I don't know, I tried to write a story for them or a song for them a couple different ways that didn't come out in a way that felt good. And, and, and that one kind of, kind of was just based on, based on that and based on thinking about how, how fast things can not be permanent, you know, how fast right. things can go away and uh, yeah, how hard that is to, to build something or build a relationship and then just lose somebody or lose a place. A crash in the hallway, the photographs falling, the shattering glass like rain coming down. The one of you standing, your hands in your pockets The look on your face, obscured by the sun And Anthony, I'm afraid Alone in the building, the billowing flame And I lost my mind, I guess I thought I knew what forever Okay, your songs are, and I, I search for a word here, but I don't have a good one for, for lack of a better term, 
quiet, right? The <laughs> arrangements, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, the arrangements are generally understated, right? So you, they're beautiful, but uh, I think understated could be a word I would use here. Do you think there's a power in telling your song, songs and stories quietly and gently instead of sometimes ramping it up and delivering it more forcefully? Yeah, I I do, and also it's just the like the tools that I have, you know. Like I have a really right. darn quiet voice, and sometimes I would love to be able to just make a big noise, but but that's not like what my throat will do. Uh, so I think it's a mixture of the two, but and I also love there to be enough space for the for the words to to like be the main focus of the song you know and there's not there's not like a screaming electric guitar solo while the words are happening I just I think I like the the story to kind of sit on a landscape of sounds is maybe my favorite way to convey a to convey a song right okay we're gonna finish up in a minute here but I have to ask you something important Okay. I think I noticed it's really important <laughs> oh God. in your Kickstarter description there was something about postcards from the road. Oh yeah. Are you a postcard writer? I do really like writing them. I've done that a couple times for Kickstarters and I I started out where I really wanted to write letters. I love writing letters. It's hard to get myself to do and it's hard to get anyone else to do but right. I I just like the intention it takes to, you know, it's a lot longer than a text message and you can pour a lot more yourself into into a letter and it just feels really special now too. But I think my f the first time I did it for a Kickstarter, I was like, I'm going to write eight-page letters to whoever. <laughs> and then, you know, that's, if you're writing seven eight-page letters once a month, <laughs> that ends up being more than you more than you have time to do on tour but so it ended up being postcards which I really have liked yeah we had a, a songwriter on here um, Carson McCone and oh, we were talking yeah. about writing and writing on the road and, and she said that that you know if she's writing in her journal on the road it's you know the, the car smells and I'm tired over and over again <laughs> so she started writing postcards to people and it kind of forced her to be more observant and more creative and it turned out to be a great tool for her. Wow, that's great. I just started being pen pals with a friend of mine in California, and she just has this, like, wild, free mind. It's the things that she sees in the world, and she's got this little daughter right now who's, who's like, three, I think, and the things that she's, like, wondering about what her daughter sees, and it's been so fun to... I do, I do feel like writing it down makes you makes you like sift through the things that you see and name them in a way that's really helpful yeah so my, my my wife and i after hearing carson talk about that you know we do a lot of long road trips we decided that this was a good idea so we've started writing postcards randomly to unsuspecting people in our lives from the road so oh, i love that we're trying to bring the postcard back and i want you on our on the team great i'm on the team actually i just got um recently like three days ago a post office box because I, I wanted to have a place where people could send a letter and I could write back. Um, I just added it to my, my website and stuff. That's a great idea. You will be receiving postcards from us. Great. Post okay. Box. Well, they will be returned. <laughs> we'll put that up on the website if you want, the P.O. box. Oh, great. And, okay. And, and I encourage postcards. That is the format I'm going for. Okay. Because it's easy and quick, and, and other people can see it, maybe the, who's not intended to, and maybe yeah. they'll get something out of it, right? Mm -hmm. I always wonder <laughs> how often people, or like, if you were the mail delivery person, I think it would always be fun to read people's postcards. Yes. <laughs> um, well, that's great. Uh, Anna, thanks so much for taking the time. This has been a great conversation. Oh, thank you. This really, yeah, this was such a treat. Um, you you are there is another album maybe coming sometime soon. Yeah, I'm going into the studio in February um, to work on a new one with the same same folks that I did uh, the last one with. I'm very excited about that. Great. Well, we look forward to hearing from it, for hearing that 
from <laughs> you and uh, hopefully seeing you on the road out here in the Midwest sometime soon. Yeah. Well, great talking to you, Mike. Okay, Anna, thanks. Thank you. I used to be a waste of time An empty bottle lying down A trap door with the latches gone Hanging by an inch Now I guess I'm something else A raven on an overpass A wanderer, a silver ghost, a beacon Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Anna Tivel. Please check out more of our Tell You What, the podcast episodes. Tell a music friend about us, or perhaps write a pleasing review on the app stations. Be sure to check out Anna's record, The Question. Also, I've put her post office box address on our website, tellyouwhatpodcast.com. So send Anna a postcard. Tell her what you think or what's on your mind. Maybe you'll get one back. Join the postcard revolution with us. We've got some great guests lined up for the next few episodes, so pay attention out there. And until next time, remember, music is the best. I used to be a waste of time A burning match lit underground A figure in the shadow land A feather in a cage And now I hope I'm something else a blinding flash, a fragment spill, a bird released from some